This episode of Truth's Table is brought to you by InterVarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at IVPress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. Welcome to Truth's Table, midwives of culture for grace and truth. I'm Michelle. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table. See, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, it's a, it's a lot going on around me, y'all. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm loving the background that you have today. I recognize that people who only listen via podcast are not privy, will not be privy to this background. So that's, that's a nod to people to become uh, Patreon supporters so that they can see this background that you have behind you. That's right. Trying to get that that summer season. I was feeling a little, little graphic. Well, need for the ancestors to come on in here. And also, I <laughs> wish I was on an island. <laughs> I mean, why ever would you wish that? Multiple Um, vacation system, multiple vacations. That's right. Absolutely. But today is going to be amazing. That's right. Speaking of things we can see, I don't know how many of y'all saw or read. When I was growing up, we had one of my most favorite Christian (laughs) lifestyle magazines was Gospel Today. And I see a woman of glory in the midst. (laughs) It is such a big deal. Welcome, Dr. Harrison, to Truth's Table. Wow, you guys are phenomenal, and I am so honored to be a part of Truth Table. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. It is, it is our pleasure. I know that we are going to be, uh, many people are not going to be getting introduced to you. They're going to know who you are. <laughs> um, but, but, even, but, but for those who don't know who you are, we'll have an opportunity uh, to learn about you, your work, your testimony. Um, we just want to take a moment just to introduce you. So I'm going to go through a little bit of your bio, which is extensive because you've been working, working in the vineyard. Okay. And um, and then we will get into a time of conversation together. I want to introduce our listeners who don't know you yet, but you are indeed due honor to Dr. Teresa Harrison. She's an internationally known and respected pioneer in the field of gospel music and ministry. And let me tell you, that is not an overstatement. That is facts. <laughs> in 1989, she established Gospel Today magazine, a publication she launched with an investment of only $300. And I'll add, with faith the size of a mustard seed, Gospel Today grew to become the longest running and most widely distributed urban Christian lifestyle magazine in history. In 1994, Dr. Harrison founded the Gospel Heritage Foundation. Each year, thousands of people from across the world attend GHF's annual International Worship Summit, which has become the genre's leading praise and worship gathering. In 2017, she relinquished her leadership and passed the torch to the international gospel artist, Vashon Mitchell. Dr. Harrison is currently based in Atlanta, Georgia, where she serves as an ordained elder, preacher, and teacher at Changing a Generation Full Gospel Baptist Church. 
She is certified through the John Maxwell Coaching Leadership Coaching Program and primarily works as a publishing coach, consultant, and ghostwriter. She also hosts a weekly TV show, Higher Impact, which airs on the Impact TV Network. She has a whole host of books that you need to go get you some, uh, including things like from 2010, How to Pursue Your Purpose, her 2015 work, A Worshipper's Handbook, as well as her 2020 book, Seven Deadly Sins of First-Time Authors. And Michelle, I think you and I need to, we need to read that one. Because <laughs> we out here writing. Oh my goodness, we need to read that one right away. Welcome to Truth's Table, Dr. Harrison. We, we are honored to have you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I think, first of all, that book is likely to read me. But <laughs> <laughs> wow. We recently made a book announcement, um, Truth Table is Attempting to Write. And I, yeah, that that kind of wisdom seems like something you probably need to step roll back wow. and read a little bit. Yeah, yep, it definitely is. I've got actually two books about writing books. One is that one, Seven, Seven Deadly Sins, and I've got another one called The Ultimate a flight plan for how to write your own book for self-publishing. Yes, the ultimate flight plan, all of them are on, on Amazon. And I've got another book, a new book called Unstoppable. And uh, yeah. that's my life story. It's kind of a memoir, but it's also the story of gospel today. And it talks about the bumps and the lumps that I took, you know, as a black woman, um, as a woman in uh, ministry, as a person who is a Christian in a crazy world. Just all of the stuff that you go through doing what you, you're called to do. So Unstoppable is the story of a, a woman with a vision from God. And it is saying to other women with a vision from God that with that vision, you are unstoppable. Just do what he called you to do. I love it. I love it. And speaking of that vision, would you mind describing just the experience you had in thinking Gospel Today, this has to happen. How did you come up with that name? How did you experience this is a magazine, not a book or not a coffee table you know, premiere, not a TV yeah. show? How did that vision come together for you? Well, of course, back in the 80s, you know, we were all in th those of us who were in the gospel world, as it were, you knew that your your stories, your um, the images of those that, you know, were in the church. You didn't find those in the media. You didn't find us on television. You didn't hear us that much on radio. You didn't find us in magazines. So, you know, you had the great magazines in Black culture like Ebony, Essence, Jet. There wasn't much about gospel in those magazines. And so, you know, I said, wow, you know, we need more information. Well, I started working at a label in New York City and I started doing a, a newsletter for them. They said, wow, this is fantastic. And I said, OK, great. And then they took it and put it in another division. And I said, no, not so great. So I said, I went back to my boss and said, do you mind if I start um, like a newsletter on my own? The initial newsletter was like, he said, yeah, start it. And I said, okay, now how am I going to do that? No money, working two jobs, you know, three kids, divorced, all of that. I managed to put $300 together and start a four-page newsletter. It was so homemade. And people looked at me, they said, okay, what is that? 
And I was like, okay, this is my new, like, you know, you have that little baby that you bring home from the hospital and the baby look like a, a Martian. And you just, like, you know, babe, you know. So that's, that, that's how that was. So, yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, people say, baby, don't, don't quit that day job now. And I kept mm. going, you know, because I mm. believe, you got to believe in the vision that God gives you. A lot of times mm. people can't see it when it's in the, the embryonic stages. And that's where we are now, which is why I wrote this book, Unstoppable, because there is so much that we came through the pandemic, knowing, hearing, hearing in the spiritual realm, understanding that we didn't survive just to be here, but we survived in order to thrive in the next season. We survived in order to thrive in the next season. This is not a time for us to go back. It's a time for us to move forward. So back in 1989, when I, you know, everybody was like looking at me like, uh huh. I kept going. I started with the, the newsletter was called Score. And then a year later, I turned it into Gospel Today. The, the name, I wanted to do this. I was so romantic. Score was the, the name for the musical instruments that the, the you know, yeah. what the musical instruments read from and all this. Sheet music. Yeah, people like, is that like a dating thing or is that like baseball or what is that? Oh. I was like, y'all don't get it. So then I said, okay, I got to change the name. So I changed the name and I said, okay, let's be real clear. This is gospel today, gospel today. And so that was it. And that was um, five years into my publication uh, uh, career. And um, I continued with gospel today. And really, it was the right name. It was the right time. And it just began to mushroom. I know that's a long answer to a short question, but. No, that's, no, that's a great answer to that question. And, you know, as I'm sitting here, I am I am visualizing, Michelle, I bet you are, too, some of the cover, the cover photos, the cover pages. And <laughs> and even even Dr. Harrison, some of some of your your like the pages like that, that had your your beautiful face um, on <laughs> them. You. And just, um, I mean, there was such an there was such a kind of a artistic excellence and the way that it captured um, the African-American gospel community, right? And just, uh, just it was just regal. And I'm thinking about some of my my favorite covers of that <laughs> of <Okay>. magazine. <laughs> are, there, are there a couple that come to mind for you when you think about what are some of the some of the signature uh, episodes or transformative uh, of um, of mag- magazines that came out? Yeah, you know there were so many amazing times that you know. I can't recount all of them. Of course, you know, doing Megafest and being the official magazine for Megafest with Bishop T.D. Jakes was a highlight to do, to see, you know, hundreds of thousands of people reading Gospel Today was just, I mean, it was a dream come true. Um, You know, I I got a chance to do a lot with with, uh, athletes, sports figures, people like Evander Holyfield, the week that he uh, came back from the fight where Mike uh, Tyson chewed up his ear. And I'm sitting there interviewing him and I'm trying not to look at the ear and stare. And I'm like, oh, that's horrible. But anyway, you know, it's like, OK, but we still got to do this story. Right. So it's things like that. It's uh, interviewing Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington. Do I know any questions to ask you? 
<laughs> no, I'm just going to stare. But, you know, so I'm, fan, I'm fangirling, you know, all of that. But um, just so many amazing. So I got a chance to talk to people from Hollywood to sports to politics, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton. You know, I went to Al's house and interviewed him. I interviewed Jesse on the on the floor of the um, stock exchange on Wall Street. You know, it was just amazing times. And God just opened so many doors. I was able to host at the White House a couple times in my, uh, you know, my career. So it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. And uh, again, you know, it's not so much about me. It's just about obedience. And when you when you walk in the, the path that God has ordained for your life, he just opens doors, windows and, and does all the things and pours out all the blessings, not without struggle. Please do understand it does not come without struggle, but it comes if you stay in the race. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, Nishai, I can't wait to hear your your next question, but I was thinking about the ways it it encouraged my faith to see people that I knew in one context, whether it was movie, Hollywood and sports, but to see you feature them and have them basically do this kind of, uh, their kind of Christian vocational identity work. What does it mean to be a singer or a boxer or a performer in light of what Christ has done for me? And I, for me as a a very, very young believer, that was so helpful because I had to eventually ask ask myself that question about mm-hmm. what that meant in higher ed or in different spaces that I found myself in. So I so appreciate um, the, the, the way that that tangibly helped to build my faith and showed me people to look up to. Wow. Thank you so much. That was the Absolutely. goal. That was the goal. We wanted to let people see people from all walks of life who were Christians because, you know, historically we have been so in the box and we thought, of Christians as looking a certain way, doing certain things, you know, grandma and them, and you know, all you do is sit back in the rocking chair listening to James Cleveland and you know, all of that. No, it was it's a totally different thing. And, you know, people like Kirk Franklin, um, who really broke out of the box, you know, and and showed us music that we could love, you know, at a different level, you know, that kids can dance to and yes, dance to. So, you know, a lot of things have have evolved. And I think God is so pleased when he sees his children move outside of their own mindset and move into his world, his big, beautiful world. Yeah, that is so, I love that you just shared that as part of the vision, part of the goal, because um, when I was, ooh, I was like a middle, I think I was middle school, high school when I started reading score um and that then became gospel today but um there was a very important cover of score in 1993 john p key was on the cover oh and boy the older folks in my church were so disappointed in john p key because he had moved away from um like i'll have my mansion now and like the foot stomping (laughs) and clapping and he had put out this um like r&b album and that R&B album was like the center of your interview with him in Score Magazine. I was like, um, listen, if if Teresa Harrison said, all right, that this is that this is the future of gospel. I can't remember the exact article, but I wore that magazine out. I showed it to the board. I showed it to the deacons. I was okay. like, listen, y'all. 
we got to catch up. All right. And John Bicky brought he brought his daddy with him. You know, he yeah. brought um, yes. the old folks with him. Um, yeah. But he refused to let alone a killer baseline. You know, right. And he was so himself. And I was very pleased to see an artist that folks like in non-Christian genres, especially non-Black genres, would never make him a cover boy, never call him a prince. But here he was being called a prince on the cover, being uh, really honored and amplified. And that changed me. I was a choir director, a vocalist. I still oh am both, but at the time that was like my whole goal. Wow. Um, and so I wonder, at the time, did you know? That it was groundbreaking. You know, what's the experience of a black woman head of a anything? Did you know <laughs> that you were not just pushing boundaries with your career, but you were pushing boundaries with what you published too? And how did that experience shape you and your faith? Wow, what a gr- great question. Um, first of all, let me just say that John, the P is Prince. That's his real name. Yeah, John Prince Key. Yes. His mama had a vision. That's that. See, there you go. So um, I think that there was a, um, I came into gospel from the very traditional side and I loved it. And, you know, as a a young girl, a young woman, you know, I really was passionate about gospel music, but I was also at the same time growing up in the 60s. I was the child of the, you know, the dashiki and the Afro wig and, you know, at the time, big Afro, all of that. And so that was, you know, that whole um, movement of black power. That's where I grew up. So as a as a woman coming into an industry that's male dominated, whether that's publishing or the church um, and definitely publishing is white male dominated. And I'm like, okay, y'all need to make some room for me. You know, I didn't come in to fit in. I came in to take over in this space that God has allowed me. And so they were like looking at me like, if you don't go somewhere and sit down. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to sit down. and I'm not going to be quiet. I got to do this. And there were many times where I was ostracized, blackballed and pushed aside, not only by the majority folks, but by the black folks, because many times we don't understand how to embrace things that we're not familiar with. I was the first black woman to do this kind of thing and the only one out there, you know, doing it. And they were like, well, I literally, and I tell this story in the book, one time, um, you know, this guy that I hired to do some work for gospel, they didn't do a good job. And so I paid him a portion of the fee and said, look, you didn't do a good job. You didn't complete the job. That's it. He took me to court. And when we were in court, he said to the judge, he said, she doesn't even own this. I don't know who her boss is, but we need to get her boss in here. And I said, well, you keep looking for him. (laughs) Cause you, I don't know who you're going to call, but you know, I don't think God is coming to this courtroom, but you know, it's like, Y'all need to, because this is, but this is where we were, you know, and, and many times, even in the 2000s, the 2020 pluses, we're still fighting as black women to be, be respected, to be embraced, to be supported, to be pushed forward. And here's the deal, sisters, we are who we've been waiting for. 
We are who we've been waiting for. Stop waiting for somebody to validate you. Stop waiting for somebody to say, listen, come on up. I got a J-O-B for you. Make your own way. That's what this is about. That's what season this is. So that's that's just what I had to do throughout my career. Mm -mm -mm. Make your own way. Listen, the good doctor is in. (laughs) (laughs) For us at the table. Please don't go anywhere, y'all. We are going to take a short commercial break so that we can continue to make our own way by paying some bills. Uh, We will be right back with Dr. Teresa Hairston to learn more about this living legend. Don't go anywhere. As Black women, we know a little something about having to wait our turn, which is why it is our pleasure to present to you all, It's Not Your Turn, What to Do While You're Waiting for Your Breakthrough by Heather Thompson Day. So what do you do when it seems like everybody else is getting their dreams and you're not? In her new book, It's Not Your Turn, Heather Thompson Day shows us what we can do to shape ourselves while waiting so we are ready when it's our turn. Unpacking instant gratification and comparison in a social media world, she teaches how we can cultivate perspective and practices that help us to trust God while we're waiting for our turn to come. We can learn to walk slowly and trust God to do His work in us, being more present in our relationships rather than striving for premature success. Author Heather Thompson Day is Associate Professor of Communication at Colorado Christian University and an interdenominational speaker and contributor for Religion News Service, Newsweek, and The Barner Group. She runs an online community called I'm That Wife and is the author of six other books. Now, Truth Table listeners, y'all can save 30% off of It's Not Your Turn when you order at ivypress.com using promo code TRUTH21. This offer expires on September 30th. Make sure that you purchase It's Not Your Turn so that we can learn how to wait well until we get our breakthrough. See, you know what I'm grateful for? Girl, what you grateful for? I am grateful for our Patreon supporters. Girl. Oh, for sure. For sure. We could not do the work of Truth Table without our Patreon supporters. Tell so the we, truth. We want to thank y'all because without your dollars, we wouldn't be able to pay our producers. Our now video editor, because y'all know you can get some video content from Truth Table now when we try to step it up. Hello, Patreon I people. Mean, come on. And we couldn't pay our teachers that come and teach our um, Black women discipleship group. So we want to thank y'all for being Patreon supporters. So many things we're able to do because you decided to partner with us. And we just want to thank you, thank you, thank you for rolling with us since the beginning and invite you all that are listening at the table or standing room only to come on and participate in the work that we're doing by becoming a Patreon sponsor. Yes, for as little as $5 a month. That is less than Starbucks coffee. It's less than DoorDash. It's less than Uber Eats. Come on now. You can support. We know about these things personally. We know about these things. (laughs) Uh, we're speaking from a personal place yes 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 (laughs) so for as little as five dollars a month y'all can support the work of truth's table and just keep this table going sustain our work this is a labor of love and we are so grateful to be at this table so our standing room section folk come on and support us our sisters at the table come on and support our work at patreon.com slash truth's table so we are back at the table with Dr. Teresa Hairston. And again, Michelle and I, we are just, we geeking out. We are geeking out today. Um, you know, uh, what we just learned about your story, just the pieces that you have just so graciously, graciously shared are about just persistence, right? God, it gives you this vision, this calling, um, and you are making do with whatever you have. 
And I think Michelle used the words around kind of groundbreaking. And when we are breaking ground and when we're like uh, busting through walls, we take some injuries and some blows <laughs> along the way. And I'm curious, Dr. Harrison, if you would share with us um, just uh, some of that, some of that story about um, some of the consequences for being persistent, for being steadfast, for moving forward in the face of no and no. And I'm specifically thinking about, I know um, I could find gospel today all over the place at one point, and then at one point not able to find it. And I'm thinking yeah. thinking about Lifeway. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that story and just the larger story of what it means to, to persist when sure. you are told to no? Well, I think the persistence is, you know, the biblical uh, uh, mandate to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I, I start with that scripture because I think the foundation of what we have to do in this season has to be based in the word of God. Um being uh, uh, about your business and about your purpose, being about the vision that God has invested in you um, means that sometimes you're going to come up against some walls and you have to decide if that's going to be the the furthest that you go or you're going to continue knowing that he's got you and you can break through that wall. Um, I think it was back in 2009 I had uh, published a magazine and I had this epiphany. I was going to do this magazine about women in ministry, but not just women who were preachers or women who had you know, done things in ministry, but women who were female pastors and uh, senior pastors, which was not something that a lot of folks embraced. And so I said, well, this is a, this is a, a big thing and we need to cover this. So I invited some female pastors to come into Atlanta. They did come. We did a beautiful photo shoot and I did stories about them being in ministry. And the magazine came out. Well, in the publishing world, magazines hit the stands about two weeks after they get to the stands. So they they, um, begin to distribute them all over the country. And then two weeks later, you know, you're going to hit, you know, that first part of the month and the magazine's going on, on the stand. Well, Somebody sent me an anonymous email and the email said, I love your magazine. I read it all the time, but I want you to know that I am, a, I, I am aware that Lifeway has told all of our stores not to put your magazine on the shelf, but to put it under the shelf. Why? Because the cover story is about female pastors and we're owned by Southern Baptist, which does not believe in women being pastors, senior pastors. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was like, are you serious? So I, I didn't just, you know, say, OK, and sit back. I, I had my staff to call some of the LifeWay stores mm-hmm. and they indeed found out that this was the case. Well, I, you know, started calling LifeWay and trying to, you know, get some response from them. Nobody would take my call. Nobody would respond. And so we were forced to, to make it an issue in the media. And so we, yeah. we came, we started talking to the media about it. And I think we did over a hundred, almost 200 interviews. It was all over the news, television, radio, 
um, even many other magazines carried it because it was such a, a, an injustice. It, we lost tens of thousands of dollars with that particular magazine. We lost mm-hmm. a lot. And a lot of people pulled their accounts from Lifeway and they Lifeway lost a lot. But I think that the loss ultimately was greater for Gospel Today because we were still, you know, at the mercy of an entity that had a contract with us and decided mm-hmm. to violate the contract and give no recourse. And no, we didn't sue them or anything, take legal action. But it was just such a, a horrendous, um, just slight against us. And, you know, it wasn't even that all of the women on the cover were African-American. It was just that, you know, me as a black woman in business doing something to uplift other women. That was, you know, it was like a double slap in the face. Yeah. And you're specifically talking about women with spiritual authority. You're specifically talking about women to whom men come to seek counsel. And I really believe that in the structure you described, which is the structure of was white dudes who own everything at the top or often white women who believe that white men should own everything. Um, So it's terrifying not only to see a woman who is like, you know, I think I may have some spiritual guidance to offer people. um, But then to say I am a woman who believes that other women uh, should be amplified in their own spiritual leadership. That had to be the crux of what really, if you were a Christian, if you had stepped foot into a Christian bookstore, you knew about gospel today. So 2008, 2009, um, I do remember that. Um, And I cannot express the sheer amount of, there's no, you know, conspiracy theory here. This is racism. I mean, that's what everyone, at least in my church, was like, this is racist and this is sexist. And we weren't saying misogynoir at the time, but it's, it's a specific racism against Black women who have power somewhere. Yeah. So that, yeah, that so it was, it, and, and the way they hit you is they hit you in the pocketbook, um, mm-hmm. which, which is, you know, still the way, because again, a lot of what's going on right now in our society is mirroring the, the same, the, you know, the age old challenges that we have, mm-hmm. lack of education, lack of opportunity. And that leads to lack of wealth building resources. And if we had wealth building resources, we would have a different playing field because we would have our black Wall Streets in in every city because we've got, there's no shortage of talent. There's no shortage of intellect. There's just a shortage of resources that are made available to us in the existing systems. That's right. That's right. They say all the time, a voice for the voiceless. And we understand that imagery but I think about how people don't often lack voice. They don't have the microphone. Yeah. And that's what I believe so much of your work over time has been to bring people the microphone or walk them yes. up to the microphone that you built. Um, yes. And that, that's a beautiful thing. But it is costly. That's been really costly. What, what was the path towards thriving, right? You said you, not only are you a survivor, you describe all the folks coming through, 
uh, so much turmoil in the world today as surviving for a purpose. And yes. how did you hold on to your purpose to thrive as you yes. were truly struggling through injustice to survive? Well, you know, it's it's a long journey and it's a winding road. So you don't just wake up the next day and everything's good. You, just go, you know, okay. No, there was depression. There was devastation. There was, you know, debilitating, debilitating thoughts. And I think that that the only thing that you can do is decide to give up or move forward. And, you know, I, I describe it and, and it really is, um, it's like I went through a battle with COVID. And when um, I, September 2019, which is the impetus for this book, Unstoppable, um, I was on a vacation outside, you know, out of the country. I came back into the country, into Atlanta, where I live, landed and had, you know, congestion in my head. A couple of days later, it kept getting worse. Head throbbing, um, fever, couldn't eat, couldn't hardly breathe. And I'm like, OK, this is really, you know, this is not the flu. So I, I went to the hospital, went to the emergency room. Ma'am, you have double pneumonia and a virus that we cannot identify. We need to put you in the hospital. What? So I go in the hospital. Three days later, I'm on heart monitors. I can't walk. I can't breathe. And the doctors are like shaking their heads, don't know what it is because nobody knew COVID back then. That was September 2019. We didn't find out the name of this disease until March, February, March. So I'm like literally going out of this world. The nurse comes to me. She says, ma'am, I don't mean any harm, but do you have your end of life plans in place? I said, what? Tiara, my daughter was standing by the bed. I said, call people who can pray. And I could just barely whisper that to her. She began to call and people began to pray around the country, around the clock. Three days later, after they began praying, the Lord raised me up. And, so, and, and you know, when I got home, got myself together, I began writing this book, Unstoppable. And this is the story that I want people to understand. It's the same, it's the same parallel. We're in a season now where everything that you've gone through, the devil tried to take you out in some way, whether it was emotional, financial, spiritual, whatever kind of way. But if you ain't gone through nothing, Tuck this one away because you will be going through some stuff that's threatening to either sideline you or take you all the way out. Mm -hmm. And what you got to understand is you've got to move to a place where you decide. And somebody said, were you scared? I said, yeah, I was scared, but I had to decide whether I was going to hold on to fear or grab hold Mm -hmm. of faith. Was I going to move forward or stay where I was? Was I was Mm going to believe God or believe the report of the doctor. So that's where we are right now. You've got to decide whose report are you going to believe. And we shall believe the report of the Lord. His report is victory. His report is deliverance. His report is I have a future. I have a purpose and I have a plan for you. And my mind, I didn't change my mind because of the circumstances around you. So that's mm-hmm. where we have to go now. That's where we have to move. And people of faith, that's your only option. Giving up is not an option. Not in faith. I know I talked a lot. <laughs> no, no, you did not. And and we needed to hear all the words. <laughs> we needed to hear all the words. People of faith, I mean, we don't stop. The, the spirit can. is at work. 
yeah, uh, empowering us, compelling us, leading us on. So that is that is a timely a timely word for us to to think about. I know that even after that difficult season, it it must be very sweet to think about what is going to be happening this this week here where I am in, in Nashville at the Stellar Awards that you are going to be honored with the and entering into the Stellar's Stellar Honors Hall of Fame. And I'm excited as if, as if like I'm close to that. <laughs> well, you but are, you're like, my people. Y'all my people. Come on. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, and in light in hearing that, just that testimony of, of, of where you were just, just a matter of months ago yes. and thinking about where the Lord has placed you to receive this, this particular honor. Tell us about how that feels uh, and how that, well, how that caused you to think about the goodness of the Lord. You know, I I think about it like this. God's timing is perfect. And a lot of times that when you don't feel quite like you are where you want to be or are supposed to be in life and like maybe, you know, your time has come and gone. You you know, maybe you feel like your your bubble has has popped and you're past it. Then God will always usher you into a season where he says, look, I got something more for you. And I think we always have to hold on to the fact that there is more or else you wouldn't have to get up and breathe today if there wasn't more for you to do and greater things for you to do. So I I look at this as just, wow, you know, God, you you, you didn't forget me. So um, it's, it's just beautiful. And I know yeah. that, you know, I'm not I'm not 30 or 40 years old anymore trying to do those things and trying to build a career. But, you know, on this side of the journey, it is so sweet to be honored and to be respected and loved on by people around you. Like you little young girls there. (laughs) As pretty as y'all are. Yes. I love it. Uh, Amen. Well, I mean, I I told Chrissy, we talked about this, what, last week or something. We were like, we are going to ban Girl, in <laughs> it is on, it is popping. That's we are blessed, right. we're honored. Um, That's and right. we're so thankful that you're being recognized. You more than deserve it. Um, you, I think you. that just over the course of your career, you've had, like you said, you've been to so many people's houses, Hollywood, stars, you know, not just singers and publishers and producers, but actors. Um, what are some of the interviews that you would take that you would jump on right now? Who's out there right now? Or maybe someone that in the past has gone on who name a few people that you think, Ooh, what a love to interview them. Well, you know, I still do a lot of interviews for my show, which is aired on the impact network called higher impact. So this week, actually, I'm going to be in Nashville uh, interviewing great folks like Bobby Jones, Dr. Bobby Jones, who is a pioneer and a legend, uh, uh, pastor Shirley Caesar, who is the sweetest, I call her Mama Shirley, okay? I've known her for so many years. And, you know, I was doing an interview with with Mama Shirley for my show. And I said, "Um, uh, uh, Mother Caesar, you know, it's my birthday. Your birthday? I said, yes, ma'am. It's my birthday this this next week. She said, let me sing happy birthday to you. (laughs) I said, okay. <laughs> who gets who gets Shirley Caesar to sing Happy Birthday? And she sang it, baby. She sang it like no 
There is not another happy birthday for me. I just have to replay that one for forever. And you know, it was it's just been amazing. I love I love always interviewing TD Jakes because he always is evolving, growing, and always has something very insightful to impart. I mean, his his interviews are impartations, you know, so it's it's mm-hmm. amazing. Kirk Franklin, you know, I love seeing the evolution of the people of faith because it's it's just so refreshing to see that God continues to stretch us, to grow us, to expand us. And, you know, a lot of times um, it's it's ironic because a lot of times people outside looking in who are maybe Christians, but aren't really in this everyday walk of, you know, doing it like from the pulpit or from the, the concert stage. Those mm-hmm. folks love gospel. They love who we are and what we do. And we should never take for granted that we are second class citizens or that, you know, because the world doesn't have us on, you know, the ABC, NBC, CBS morning shows every week, that we're not important. We have stories to tell. And that's why I tell people, write your story, tell your story, make an impact on the next generation, because people need to know that people of faith lived and worked and did what they did with excellence, with integrity, and that they are le- they're leaving a legacy not only in tangible ways, but in spiritual ways. So I think it's important for you to write, for all, all of your listeners to think, oh yeah, I got something to say. Let me write it down because guess what? Every Sunday, if you go to church or if you don't, whenever you study the word, whenever you hear the word, it's because God ordained the word, the written word to be something that carries a spirit, that carries a legacy, that carries a heritage is so important. I'm going to tell you what, Dr. Harrison, you've, you've already beat me to my final <laughs> question. <laughs> because you, well, you, you've already started to do it. So I think you're warmed up. Uh, we have we have sisters at the table Um in the States, in Canada, in the UK, in Kenya, just around around the African continent, who come to this table for fellowship, for encouragement, and for wisdom. And we have a woman of wisdom with us today. Thank you. And I would just like to give you the, the closing question of what it is that you would like our sisters at the table to know. How would you encourage them today? Wow. Well, you know, I think that the, the important thing is that in this season, that you know where you're going know where you're going and know where you're growing. Um, Be strategic about the plan that God has for you. And you know, he says something, God says something in the word that's so important for us to realize and to grab hold to right now. He says in Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk, the second chapter, he says, write the vision, write the vision. Because a lot of times we try to live the vision without having a written plan. And most of us, are looking at a new season where we need a new plan, a new written plan. Because a lot of times when you don't write it down, you just kind of see to the pants, you just kind of moving forward and you need to write the vision. You need to write your vision in every way, faith, finances, family, future, food, fitness, all of those things have to have a plan in your life. Okay. And roll this back. If you didn't get it and write it down, write the vision, Make it plain because you're the one that's going to have to read it along with your family to make it real and then walk it out by faith and not by sight. Continue to trust God. Continue to pray. 
continue to to really dig down in the word and find out what God is doing in your life and where you're going and where you're growing. So that's what I would have to say to the sisters out there. You are rising. Don't stop. Don't quit. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You needed that encouragement. You're welcome. It's been my honor to be a part of the, the, the show this week and I hope people will uh, get the books that are available. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I'm at books2liveby.com and the two is a number or Teresa Harrison, and I'm sure they have the TeresaHarrison.com. Yeah. And we'll post that in the liner notes of the show as well. So thank, thank you. you. We always ask our guests, how can we keep up with you? Yes. What's your email? Because yeah. our listeners will DM you with questions. Oh, yeah. And I'm on all social media at Dr. T. Harrison, D.R.T. Harrison. So, yeah, y'all check me out. Yep. Well, we are so thankful that everybody came to take a seat with us at the table this week. Please keep the conversation going. Please tweet us your thoughts about this episode, about our IT, Dr. Harrison, and give her congratulations. <laughs> on her award joining the Stellar Honors Hall of Fame. Don't forget to tweet us using the hashtag Truth's Table. And Black women, did you know that Truth's Table has a Black women's discipleship group on Facebook? Make sure to follow Truth's Table on Facebook, join our Facebook group, and invite your homegirls too. We will have lots of discussions, especially about all of the old copies of Gospel Today and latest <laughs> ones that we have. All right. So all right. please jump on in. Our patrons have access to the video version of this episode. So if you have not joined our Patreon, definitely do so now. You will love our offerings and the back and forth of our interviews. Go to www patreon.com slash truths table. You can also bless us directly at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truths table. Our series is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest quality in online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Congrats, Joshua. I just got engaged. And our executive producer is Bo York. And we have been your hosts, Michelle and Christina. And Kimberly is away. But we'll all see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all. Yeah.